Hey, deserving listeners, it is time for Dungeons and Dragons. And whoop, I'm, whoop. for some of you, this is fun times. And for others of you, you've already skipped this episode. So uh, <laughs> that is great. Uh, but let's just get, based on the title. Yeah, let's just get in right into it. Uh, but do you, Adam Davis, do you have any announcements to make? Uh, yes. If you are uh, a mental health provider looking to get training in how to use games like Dungeons & Dragons in your work, uh, make sure you go to gametogrow.org to learn more information about our uh, full-day training program, level one training program that's launching in early October. So if uh, by the time you hear this, it should be on our website, but if it's not, make sure to go to gametogrow.org slash newsletter to join the newsletter. Great. All right, Adam Johns, let's get to it. Let's Let's take it away. Um, as is always the case, I have a checking question for all of you. Uh, my checking question today is, what is something you regret? Um, and uh, we sometimes talk about this when we do harder checking questions for some of our groups, uh, like um, ones that may be a little bit more negative or may, may have the potential for you to share a whole lot that might make you uncomfortable. So the, the thing that I will mention is we are on a, a public stream <laughs> in front of in front of many many people uh vocally at least uh so keep that in mind share what you're comfortable sharing uh your regret could be something as simple as uh i dropped the pickle jar yesterday uh, and it shattered on the floor and i didn't get to eat all those delicious pickles but it could be something something deeper something in your past or your history and normally what i would do is i would have you share as your character um in addition today you're not going to do that because this is actually going to come back up during our campaign and you're going to share about your character at that time instead. Um, so who feels like they're ready to share a regret with us? I, I share regrets for a living. <laughs> your, constant, uh, I can go. your constant state is I, I, my constant. I would regret that career choice. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, when, when Kirk asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? When, oh, I know. I'll share regrets. <laughs> Um, All right. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, there's a lot of regrets. Um, I think a notable one. Okay. Yep. When I was 18, 19, let's say, and starting college, I was was in college, I didn't realize that that was the best time to take chances and not do necessarily what you are quote-unquote supposed to do. For example... I, you know, I was like, well, I have to go to college and get a degree. You know, this is something you have to do. And um, I need to get a job that is safe. This is something I have to do, right? Like, th- that was the mentality. And I, so I, my biggest regret is that I actually didn't do anything, let's say, between 18 and 24 or something that was totally risky. And I don't mean like, oh, skydiving or going to Thailand and, you know, smoking something that someone offered me on the street or something. I mean, like starting a business or, you know, or going on the road with with a band or becoming a comedian in Europe, you know, (laughs) that's my biggest regret. All right. Uh, I I feel like I feel like that may be a a common regret of a lot of people. Yeah, Um, probably. But but I like that one a lot. I, I feel like that resonates a lot with me personally. Um, I regret having worked so hard on a past house. So uh, I bought my first house, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. And 
I maybe it was 20 years ago anyway and I really wanted to make the house mine and I did all the landscaping I did all the renovations I did I did so much work it was just this constant project and then at some point I was like yeah I don't think I think I want to live somewhere else <laughs> and I sold the house and everything I did <laughs> I don't know if it enhance the price of the house or anything. I mean, it. I had a couple years there where I liked my house a little bit better than I did when I first moved in, you know. But not enough, I think, for the amount of pain. And recently, me and Stacy went on a walk, and we walked by, uh, last weekend, we walked by my old house. And I noticed that they had completely renovated the front yard, completely erasing all the work that I did to that front. I mean, I, I planted trees. I built a fence. Oh, um, no. And the fence is gone. There's a new fence. The trees are gone. Did you have to shine the fence? Yeah. So I uh, regret that. Although I also like the memory. I feel like it taught me a lot about those kinds of things. But honestly, if I could go back in time, I would a time machine I'd tell myself dude just you know just enjoy the house as it is don't do something else with your time and actually it's interesting because it didn't occur to me until recently that so in the mid 2000s I I'd spent all my free time renovating the house and then uh, around the time when I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore my energies were freed and I could do whatever I wanted to, and that's when I started the podcast because I had all this free time. <laughs> so uh, maybe I would have started the podcast even earlier if, if I had. Oh. I, I, I actually think that's, that's like for me one of the really interesting parts about regret is we regret things, but a lot of the times the, the mistakes that we make or the, the path that we went on is, is what led us to here. Um, so whenever I start on this on this thought process of thinking about like oh I regret that I always come back around to like but I might not be here now yep. doing what I'm doing or or living the life as I'm living it if it hadn't been for for some of those circumstances for some of those things yeah yep I'm I'm definitely a silver lining kind of guy so it's hard for me to think about like things that I just straight up regret that I didn't learn from. And this is also a really great challenge by Joyce question for me to really think about what edge I want to find on this. Because um, there's plenty of things like ordering 10 out of 10 stars sometimes on the spice level. I have regretted that. <laughs> um, you know, those kinds of things. <laughs> easy, easy things uh, to drop here. But I think that as I think about this, um, I think one of the things that I truly regret is when my grandmother, who was one of my absolute idols and um, uh, just an amazing human being, when she was getting ill... Um, I didn't go visit her, and I do regret that. I regret not making the trip to to Texas to visit her before she passed and bringing my now wife with me. I think that is one thing that I uh, definitely regret. Um, when my grandfather on the, on the another side was getting sick, I did learn the lesson, and I did fly down there uh, at his uh, you know last moments, and that was uh, certainly something that I learned from that previous experience. But it's something that I you know you can't get that time back. So I think that is something that I uh, look back on with regret. Oh, that resonates with me too, man. I feel you there. Yeah. I think my uh, there there are lots of things that I could totally talk about regretting. Um, one of them was uh, my first roommate in college. Uh, I lived in the dorms, and when I went to my undergrad in college in Arizona, 
And my first roommate was this guy who was a tattoo artist and a bartender, and he was 19. And when I went into college, I was pretty sheltered. Uh, I had I've I've pretty much been very straight laced most of my life, and and uh, I came in, and this guy was was um, from a different walk of life than the the kind of life that I had lived, uh, and I don't think I just I just don't think I did a great job getting along with him. And I, I always kind of regret that, like, we didn't find com- more common space or, or I didn't, like, speak up a little bit more about about what I wanted. You know, we were sharing a, a, a space together and, and I could have said more about, like, here's what I'd like. I'd like for you to not watch horror movies at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> while I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, and, it, and instead I was like, no, that's fine. I'm sure I can sleep through that. I can sleep through anything. And I was just wrong. Um, and, and like the, it just it just fostered and harbored like poor feelings between the two of us, um, and a lot of that is is on me, and I really regret how I handled all of that relationship. I think back on on that that guy, and sometimes I even think about like reaching back out to him and saying like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I was a, maybe not the best roommate." Not yeah. that he was necessarily the best roommate, either. <laughs> um, but that, I think that's that's kind of my regret there. With that being said, since we're not doing characters, um, Kirk, you think you're up for a recap? It's been a little while. Yeah. Well, so the three of us met at a funeral of a mutual friend, and it sparked a, a quest, if you will, for the three of us to find a, a very special book of fate, which is worth a lot and an interesting archaeological object and also could ruin the world if in the wrong hands and save the world if it was in the right hands. And there's a mystery afoot, and there's bad guys out to get us, some, some thugs. And then there's also the, the Book of Fate um, Templars are, you know, supposedly good or neutral Warriors who are to protect the Book of Fate, and they're also trying to get us because they think that we have it or something. And so we have found a bunch of objects that might relate to finding the Book of Fate that was left behind by our friend Thwar. And we, in the last adventure, used the rubber ducky and found one of the uh, one of the clues that will potentially lead us to the Book of Fate. And we almost got uh, killed by the uh, the Templars, but we got away, and th- that's where we left off. Did I leave anything out? I think I think that covers it pretty well. I'm, I'm pretty sure all three of you are now sort of escaping from the library um, where the uh, librarian had... Uh, been very unhappy with the amount of noise <laughs> and possible damage to books that you were doing, uh, but the three of you made it, made it out alive and without turning to stone. Um, with the Templars uh, now far behind you, um, so my question for you is: What are you doing next? Well, we got to have... get to a safe place. So, yep. do did we have a? It's been so long since we played. Do, do we have like a place that we're staying? Um, a so clubhouse. Uli and I believe you you have like an apartment or a, I a live house in the, or something in the like city, that, yeah. right? You live in the city. Um, Blaze and I, I, mean, I think you you don't 
live mm-hmm. here, so you might have had a He's place you were staying. He's going to have to think about if he wants to have strangers rearranging stuff at his place. Oh. <laughs> That's going to set him into an... You, uh, I'll also, just in general, I mean, you're, you're sort of running through the streets right now, but you now have this, the book in order to decrypt the map. Um, right. And you had an extra book along along with it um, that was... Oh, I, I didn't write down the name. I think it's like the, the key to mastering poetry or something like that. Yeah, the it key was... to mastering poetry. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I say... We have to go. No, just joking. Um, <laughs> we 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 must find somewhere where we can use the cipher to discover, figure out the map. Is there a? I, I'm a small, un. You know, I can hide, but the two of you are stick out like a sore thumb. So where do we go? Um. Uh, does do either of you have a location we could go to? No. Uh, no. I just arrived in this town today. Well, I my apartment is not technically too far from oh, here. All right, let's go there. Uh, Which uh, way? Uh, to your uh, house. Just uh, fine. May I beg you, please, to um, remove your shoes and be very gentle with everything inside. It's it's all very ancient and delicate. I point to my feet and I say, "We don't wear shoes." Your your oh. feet are terribly dirty. <laughs> oh. I also like... don't wear shoes. <laughs> William's going into convulsions. <laughs> <laughs> um, William, your your house is not too too far. It's it's a a bit of a trek, you know, like a mile away or something like that. But but nothing you can't walk in. Just enough to get their feet even dirtier. Right. <laughs> um, it's also, it is definitely nighttime. The library is closed. Uh, like, it's normal. Business operating hours are now over. Um, and you are all sort of traveling through the streets at night. Um, it's a city, and actually the celebrations are still going on for the for the big holiday. And so everybody in the city is still out and about. There's still lots of uh, people bustling around as you're headed back to... Ulian's place. Um, Ulian, what what kind of place is it? Is it a house? Is it an apartment? Um, no, it's okay. It's the imagine if a Spartan, a Spartan, you know, like someone that lived very plainly, got a place, and so it's it's a small place because you you know you don't need anything large, and you know the walls are are bare, the floor is clean, but there are books. And parchments and little widgets everywhere. So it's like a Spartan hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> like so, you know, it's like this weird mismatch. Um, so you have to like as you walk through, there, the, there's corridors within the small space that are made out of like columns of books, <laughs> and everything is kind of like leaning they're not also very straight they're like leaning over a little bit because the books are various different shapes but but other than that it's like spotless like there's no no dust actually like the floor is super clean and and then there's this little cot in one end and the cot's also kind of like arched by books <laughs> like there's just books everywhere papers is it, and parchments 
Is there a sense of organization, or is it a little bit of chaos? Well, there is, but not that you would know. Mm. Uh, if you ask Julian about it, oh, he will tell you. In fact, try to move something out of place, and you will hear all about it. But, yeah, that's, that's the situation. Um, awesome. Uh, so, the, uh, Ulian, you, you managed to make it back. Um, okay. The three of you make it back to your place without incident. Um, and so, as you're making your way back to the, to the apartment, I guess, and you're, okay. you open up the door, this is what Blazonar, you, and, and Gyarka see. Uh, before, before we open the door, I say, now, listen, there are lots of books. They're perfectly arranged. Please do not touch anything. If you have a question... Just don't touch anything. Then I open the door. <laughs> is there? Is there also? I'm getting a sense. Is there only one chair? There's like one chair and one cot. There's no chair. There's, there's no chairs. Just the cot on the floor. There <laughs> is like there's a tor- like a torch holder kind of thing for light. And there's some space on the ground where I suppose people could sit and look at a map. <laughs> But, but it's safe. It's, it's no one lot. really knows I live here. <laughs> That's pretty fair. Because, of course, um, you, you don't have a lot of interaction with your neighbors. Um, Blazonar and Gerkas, I'm just mostly curious. Do do the two of you say anything and you come in? And, and what what does this interaction look like? I nod my head, and then as soon as we get in there, I start eyeballing books <laughs> and seeing if anything catches my attention. I do the same thing. Um this is very curious, and I want to know more about this strange behavior. <laughs> I, uh, uh, all right, kind of, uh, Berta, I'm, like, I'm going to put it on you. What kind of books do they see? Okay. So um, there's a whole column devoted to uh, mythical sea creatures, you know? And then they're right like across from it, there's a whole other column full of confirmed mythical sea creatures. <laughs> and then there is a column of there's a column or two probably about the the destiny the the book of destiny. Um but you know it's it's not like titles that you would directly know that have something to do with it, but it's things about like the templars and uh you know ancient mis- ancient legends from our land and uh you know, time is an illusion and, and books like this, but they're all grouped together. Uh, then there's also a very, very odd column that is full of what, you know, in our world are like, would look like kind of like pop-up children's books. <laughs> and you can't, like, they're written in weird language. Well, I don't know if you guys speak, but it's 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 written in Vidalcan. And... um and they happen to be <clears throat> children, Vidalcan children's literature. But if you did grab one and look at it, you wouldn't think this was appropriate for kids because it's like violent stuff. Like it's like it's almost like a how not to get killed manual. <laughs> so it's got like all these ways in which you could get killed with like little X's like don't do this. <laughs> yeah. So I grab one of the books that says, like, confirmed uh, mythical sea creatures, and I say, uh, do, you, do you have a book about, about the Aboleth? Because in Feather Falls, there's a, there was many talk, many rumors about an Aboleth in, in the River Ashaba. The Aboleth? Oh, I've, I've, I've heard of the Aboleth. Now, 
Have you seen an Abilith? Oh, no. Uh, anyone who had seen it reportedly got eaten by it because it well, apparently it can infiltrate your mind or something. Well, look at this. So I pull out a book and the column almost falls, but I stop it. <laughs> um, and this is a book about the legends of the Abilith and also similar creatures. I, I don't believe it's been confirmed, So, but these are legends. I start flipping through. Is it in common? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's in common. Okay. <laughs> this book has pictures in it. Does it have a picture of the Aboleth in there? <laughs> it's no, got crude drawings. Has, oh, wait, wait, he's looking at a different one. This book I'm looking at has, has someone holding an axe backwards. <laughs> Don't hold oh. an axe like that. <laughs> it, excuse me. You did not ask me to look at those. Those are instructional manuals Good that I find here. curious because... Um, Anyways, the one you're looking at, actually, you might want to study because I've noticed your recklessness and you might learn something from it. I will. So I legit actually am looking at whatever this book has to say about Abolith because <laughs> there is an Abolith actually in Feather Falls that oh. is that has reportedly been killing people over the years. And, oh. And it's right at the bottom of the falls where my people are frequently going by and I've lost some people maybe to the Abolith and so... I, I like it. Um, go ahead and add onto your onto your sheet that you have. Um, uh, I guess I'll give you advantage on rolls uh, regarding abolith knowledge uh, or tracking. <laughs> okay, this, this can come up. This can be this can be the key custom skill. Yeah, custom skill. There. Do you know <laughs> that were you to find any evidence, I could collaborate with you. We could be the first to publish an actual verified version of an Abolith account. That would be fantastic. Uh, you, you would be the hero of my town. Oh, very good. I notice as you start talking about Aboliths, your voice clears up. You, you know, you breathe easier. It's very interesting. <laughs> this might be a passion of yours. <laughs> no. What what are you grabbing there now? That those books look fun, but please don't don't Do not make stand it fall. In the fire, it will burn you. <laughs> Good advice <laughs> yes. for children. But this you understand, these aren't just for children. What happens is many of the Vidalkin feel that we belong in the water. And some are traditionalists and they eschew any contact or interaction with the modern technologies, if you will, and the modern contraptions and weaponry. And so as a result, we have an inordinate amount of accidents every year. And some of us want to uh, pass some regulations on these weaponry, and others believe that it should be weaponry for all, including children. And as a result, we have to print these books. I find them fascinating. I also find them fascinating. So I'll constitute the time that all of you spend talking about books and exploring a little of Ulian's um, apartment as a, basically a short rest. So everybody right. can take a short rest. You can use your hit dice to heal uh, if you um, choose to do so. So I think I'm, I'm okay on hit points, but what does that mean for spells and stuff like that? Um, um, you already got one of your spells back, so I don't know. You have to look right, at the stat. Right now I have... All my second levels were used up. I have one third level that I got back, so I have an open slot for third level. And I have two 
first level slots open. But you have to look at I, I don't look in your um, look in your features and traits. Features uh, and traits. See that that button. Yep. And then and then look down to see like uh, regain spell thingy. Like on rest, should say something there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking. Arcane recovery? Yeah, so read that. Okay, once per day, when you finish a short rest, you can choose expended yeah. spell slots to Once recover. per day, so you've already done Up it. Up to a combined level of three. Yeah, you've already done it. Okay. So Perfect. I just, I'm reading the book, and whatever is next to, you know, the Aboleth chapter as well. I also assume at some point someone will sit down with the map and the uh, book yeah. cipher yeah. um, and, and take a look at that. The problem is so that like you, you spend you spend the rest of your lives going through Ulian's <laughs> uh, so small here. library. All right. The problem is that Ulian is torn right, right now. <laughs> Ulian is torn right now between grabbing the map and like diving in, but he's worried about. You know what's going to happen if he leaves these two? Well, he's not as worried about the Abel- the what is it, Abilene? What do you Abilith. call it? Abilith. <laughs> Abilith. The Abilith interests because, you know, that seems... In fact, he's kind of getting excited about that. But <laughs> I almost imagine Gierkes, like, like pulling out books and, like, an entire yeah. stack of books collapses Yeah, yeah, down. that's why That's why he's, like... He's well, like he doesn't even try to like, stop it. Let me help you. Gierkes is putting them on the wrong pile, just not oh paying gosh. attention. They, like, pick them up you... and then, like, take a look and then put it down. And then that's <laughs> if, I may, if I may say so, perhaps we should start looking at the map. And, uh, Gierkes, your input will be very valuable in this process. Maybe we could have your attention here. Yes. Let I would be out. glad to lend you books afterwards. So the basics of any book cipher, as I kind of had explained uh, in the previous podcast, um, is is basically that it's a bunch of numbers and they refer to positions within the book. Um, you're pretty certain you have the right book as you've had lots of hints and lots of ideas to point you in the right direction. It was clearly hidden inside the duck statue. Um, if this is the wrong book, you have no idea what, what else to, to pick for the right one. However, as you start to go through and match it to the numbers that you saw on the map when you used the mirror, um, it doesn't seem to be spelling anything at all. It just seems like a random jumble of, of letters. And you, you try several different things. You try to go about it in, in several different directions. Um, but whatever, whatever is going on here, there's, there's, it seems like you're missing a puzzle piece. Or maybe it's a book cipher that's a different kind of book cipher that none of you are familiar with. Um, you're going to need to talk to somebody who knows more about book ciphers. Um, and the, the only person that you three know who knows more about book ciphers is Lily. Is Lily. Okay. Now, when you last talked to Lily, she said she was headed back to the museum to work for a little while um, to kind of move her her head around people coming to try to kill her and maybe throw herself into some of her curating work at the museum. And just as a reminder for you, the players, uh, she let you know that if you come in at the back door of the museum that the guard would let you in, that you would leave your name with the guard and the guard would let you in so you could... Uh, come into the museum from the from the back entrance and go directly to her her office as the curator. I don't understand. We we've tried to apply the cipher. It, it doesn't seem to be making sense. I've also tried uh, misplacing the the location of the cipher by 
uh, two, then four, then six. Uh, that doesn't seem to do anything at, at all. Um, I've looked at it upside down. I've looked at it backwards. I used the mirror. I think we are stuck. We need help. We need help from an expert. We need help from an expert. Perhaps Lily can help us. Yeah. Uh, perhaps we need to go see Lily again. Well, let's go. It is like... Uh, no, Gokas, g- g- we won't be needing those books for the road. I, let's... I, just this one. Uh, uh, fine, just that one. Thank you. It's just a book of burning children. <laughs> <laughs> My picture after picture this of children, is, children is, dying in terrible fire. Children, <laughs> children burning is very silly. Absurd, even. It's a serious problem in our land. I'm not in I mind. don't find the humor. One of, one of the pictures is a dragon setting children on fire. It's like extra, extra good. Imagine. <laughs> and it says, don't, don't. Like, yeah, it's just a big, it's a big like, don't cross off. Go up to a dragon. Circle, dragon fire, children fire. Don't do that. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I explain. Um, no, 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 no. It doesn't mean don't go up to a dragon. Do not be silly. It means the authors of this book do not believe in dragons, which is an, another unfortunate misconception. Anyways, let's let's get going. Perfect. I'll put that back um, in my bag. All of you head to the museum. Uh, the museum in in the city is city's name is escaping me at the moment uh ring ringodi 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 capital of um the museum ringodi is is a massive city um this particular museum is uh really well known it's a beautiful museum it's a gigantic building uh the fact that lily works there as as the museum curator is a is a good position. So she's clearly like worked worked there for a long time and is an expert in her field in order to hold a position at a museum such as this. Uh, as the three of you make your way toward the museum and then you make your way toward the the sort of back entrance as directed by Lily, uh, you're fully expecting to see um, the posted guards and and sort of security that a kind of museum with a lot of rare artifacts like this would have. Um, the first thing that you notice, obviously, the museum is closed. It is after hours currently. Um, and as you approach the back door, uh, you don't see a guard. Um, but as you get closer, you realize that the, out, out of the bushes are a set of boots that are sort of sticking out sideways from, from the bushes nearby the back entrance. Um, as you go and investigate. Take their shoes off before they enter. As you, as you it's, it's like a, it's like it a shoe. Must be like your people. <laughs> as no, you investigate, the bush clearly has feet and likes to wear boots. It's a, it's a mm. foot. We should bush. investigate this boot-wearing bush. You too might as, consider. As you investigate, in the the, there is a, the dead body of a guard laying <gasps> in the bushes. Um, oh, I would. That is see. a body. Would, uh, Someone roll me a medicine check, whoever would be checking in the body. All of you, if all of you are checking it. But. Uh, I got a two. I got an 18. Six. Uh, okay. Um, I guess, Gierkes, you uh, recognize that the body was very clearly stabbed. Mm. Um, it looks like from behind. Uh, so someone snuck up on this guard Cowards. and killed him. 
someone killed this man. That's very perceptive of you. The back door also appears to be unlocked. I hold up my hand in a signal, and I, and I say, and I put my finger up to my, and I tell them to be quiet, essentially. Five. And then I <laughs> sneak in through the back door. Awesome. Everybody go ahead and roll me stealth checks if you were going through the back door. Um, but it sounds like Blazonar, you're head, heading up the pack. No, I'm, I'm right. saying stay. Oh, you're telling them to stay there? Yeah. Okay. Five. What? Uh, okay, so no roll? <laughs> uh, just Blazonar, then. Just yeah. Blazonar. I got a 27. Nice. Whoa. Wow. Okay. That's stealthy. <laughs> we're sticking by. Uh, Blazonar, you start to make your way into the um, into the back entrance, and um, it's not too hard to figure out which direction you have to head in order to find the offices. There's lots of posted signs and stuff like that. And so you head towards the the office of the... Um, of the curator that's clearly posted there. Uh, it does seem like it's a little further in, so I don't know how far away you want to get from from your teammates, but you don't see any anybody else around as you start to sort of sneak your way into the into the building. I'm going to go until I see something, and because I'm assuming the criminal is inside here somewhere, because it's sure it's got to be a recent kill, because otherwise, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, perfect. In that case, you make your way all the way to the curator's office. Now, the curator's office is broken up into essentially sort of two big parts. There's there's a main little office space where you might have meetings or you might talk with people. There's a nice desk there and some chairs. And then there's also a side door from the main office space that seems to lead back into like an archive room. And the archive room is basically a, a really large, um, almost a little warehouse space with tables and lots of shelves with th- different stuff. This is basically the... the the, uh, we're currently working on it uh, room where artifacts get placed. Um, it has a lot of security. It has a, a secure door, and it only has one way in and one way out. Basically, you have to go through this this office to get in and out of the archive room. Um, and all the lights are off. There's no there's no lighting really anywhere. And as you make your way into the office, you can see there's there's nobody here, but some of the papers on the desks are, are, are really messed up. They're like like stuff was taught, jostled around. It uh, looks like the office is kind of messy. And you uh, turn and you start heading back into the archive room. Uh, and you can see there aren't any lights, but you can see uh, a figure working in the dark there. I So I didn't see any blood or any dead body or anything. And the figure, can I make out roughly what kind of body shape it is? I guess you have dark vision, right? No, halflings don't oh. have dark vision. Oh, okay. I don't think, um, right? The yeah. figure appears to be a woman. Okay. Um, and a halfling. Okay. So you think it could be it could be Lily. Right. But um, she is, like, hunched over and kind of looking through a bunch of the, the artifacts that are there. I try to get closer without her noticing me. Okay. I think your stealth check is plenty good for you to, <laughs> to pull I, that off. I try so. to get close enough to confirm that it's Lily. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I think you, you get closer and closer, and Lily, it does appear to be Lily. And she's, she's uh, standing on, 
on a platform, and she's looking very, very intently at a at a piece of artifact. It's, it looks to be like a stone, uh, almost like a stone goblet, and she's she's sort of examining it really, really closely um, as you sneak up, uh, and you are now basically right next to her, and she has not noticed you. Right. Okay. So, I, what do I do? <laughs> um, I sneak, so I didn't see anyone in the building, and every and all the lights are off, you know, and all the torches and candles are out. Um, I go back out into the hall, and then I, well... Ah, uh, screw it. I'm, I pull back away from her about six feet, and then I just I whisper, well, goddamn. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I say... Now, there's, is there any light source around? She has a very, very dim... She has like a single candle that she's exam- using as a light source okay. to examine this thing. Otherwise, there's, there's like almost no light at all in the in Well, the whole I think she's area. got a good constitution, so I actually pull out a light source myself and actually, I don't know what... Like a in, candle or a lantern? Yeah, I just, yeah, just like, and I just, I just light it and pull up to my face. Um, all right. I, I, don't, I don't think there was any way of getting around. Yeah. Uh, you, you light up the light source. You, you strike a match or you, you uh, um, whatever, whatever methodology you use there, and the light source uh, comes to life, and she immediately notices you, and she uh, gasps uh, and, and sort of yelps loudly. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Ah! Oh. I, I, oh. I tell her. I, <laughs> Glazenar. Oh, my God. And I say, shh. <laughs> scared me terribly. And it's, shh, Lily. Did you know that your guard outside has been murdered? Uh, murdered? You mean Wilson? Yes. What? What are you talking about? Your your guard has been murdered. Someone is here. Uh, I I I don't I don't understand. What are, What are you saying? He, your he's guard, murdered. He's dead. Someone killed him. The the they're probably looking for you right now. Um, uh, Gierkas and Ulian, both of you make me perception checks. I got 17. a seven. seven. I got a seven. It's ten less. <laughs> uh, uh, Gertus, um you can let me know what you are what you are doing such that you do not perceive this. Uh, but Ulian, um, you can see that there. So there are actually windows uh, all along the, the library. The museum is a beautiful place. Uh, there are windows all along, and for the most part, the lights all the lights are off. There's sort of security lights or whatever that are on occasionally. Uh, but you can see uh, just a couple of um, stories up from where uh, where you suspect. I guess from where you are, um, you can see that there are are a whole lot of people that are making their way through. And they have their own light sources, like um, hooded lanterns that, that have a more okay. a more focused light, that they are um, clearly all together and kind of making their way through the, the museum. Um, they look like they have swords. They look like they have weapons. Gyrgyz, stop playing with those books. Look up. Or, but the boots, I mean, look up. Look at all those people. They are probably they look like looking are they for us and Lily. Like- oh, oh, yeah. 
they're they're dressed in dark in dark colors. Uh, they're holding weapons. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Even even just from the the sort of quick outline that you get as they're kind of running through, and they're they're also moving at a brisk speed. They're not gotcha. running, but they are definitely like like organized, moving through the. They're not the museum. lost. Yeah, no doubt in my in my mind that these people are up to no good. Okay, right. um, these then, are not these are not museum patrons. <laughs> right, just lost, hanging like, out after hours. Night at the, night at the museum. It's a lot. Yeah, they're not it's a, like a they're not a they're not a sleeping girl scout sleeping troop. Um, I think well, I think since... Blaze and and Lily might be in danger. Stop with the boots again. Let's just focus. Uh, what was that, Kirk? Well, I was just going to say you're a little skittish because you killed Lily one time. So you, <laughs> you're like, well, wait. Well, and you just wanna, you just read a book about children worse. being killed by your kind. So <laughs> yes, let's inquire oh, no. with them and make sure they are how Garika's got his groove back. <laughs> uh, to action. Um, it's, it's as the two of you uh, dive into the into the building and start following the same signs, Blazonar, you are you are um, is right in that moment as you're as you're confronting Lily. Um, and you hear noises coming from the other side of of the office, um, sort of just outside of the front office door. You I can hear people talking, and somebody's giving commands. Okay. Um, I cast minor illusion. So can I see? What can I can I see through the door? So yeah, uh, so you can see the archive room has has a bunch of tables and it's and and shelves and things like that. Um, they could probably see you, although you could probably duck behind a table or a shelf from where you are. And then the door to the archive room is closed, but there are big windows on either side of the door to the archive room that you can look into the office um, from from where you are. So you can't see anybody um, because it's it's sort of a ninety degree angle. But you can you can totally look in if they came if they came into the office you would be able to see them. Um, it sounds like they're just outside of the office. But if okay, they come so in, I'm, you'll be I don't know who they are yet. Correct. So yeah. I turn to Lily and I signal for her to be quiet, but I whisper in her ear and I say, "Um, we found." Does she know about the cipher situation with the map? She, she knows about the cipher because she told you previously. That this was a book cipher. So she knows that you were looking for the book to, to translate the book. Okay, cipher. I say, we found the book cipher, but we need something more. Do you have it? Oh, uh, she says, oh, my God, you found it? A uh, book cipher. This this could mean everything. She's also not, she's like clearly a little too excited. And she's not being as quiet as you want her to be. Quiet, be quiet. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah um, uh, I mean, I can do my best to help. It's possible that it's a, a, a two-step or a four-step or a six-step book cipher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so there's there's nothing in this room that immediately jumps out at you that, you, that might help us. You need to look at the cipher. I mean, uh, for all I know, what... what if you have the book, it should it should be pretty obvious. Okay, uh, I assume I don't have the book. Um, who has the book? No, we left the map. We left the stuff in my apartment. Okay, okay. Uh, so we were not gonna even. like. We needed to fetch her. So yeah. I so I say to Lily. Uh, so I, I for for clarity, Gerkas, I assume you still have the bag of random items. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, 
Is there anywhere that I can put Lily so she could hide better? Um, ye, there's nowhere to go in here. Uh, so yes, you can duck behind one of these tables, and they won't be able to see you if they look into the archive room. Okay. So uh, I but, so I tell her to duck behind a table at the farthest place away from the door, and then I peek up above and I'm looking through the door and I'm waiting to see who comes into the other office. Um, as you uh, as you duck down and kind of peek over, you can hear the commands as, as whoever's giving the commands finally gets close enough to the office for you to start to overhear what they're saying. Uh, and, and you can hear them say, um, it sounds like sort of a, uh, uh, well, you hear the, it sounds like a, a sort of a gruff voice, uh, but you hear them say, um, Find me whoever is is responsible. I want you to bring bring them in. Uh, just the girl and the map and the book. Kill everybody else. Um, and then you see several figures come into the to the doorway. And one of them is is a dwarf. Um, and the other the other ones are all wearing black. And you recognize the same green hand stamp uh, that you had seen previously from the um, uh, from the uh, uh, mercenaries that had been hired to kill you before. Oh boy. Um, and the dwarf uh, sort of looks looks around and, and goes, this whole place is a mess. Uh, well, if she's uh, only this organized, I hope she can actually help us decipher the map. And then she points to the to one of the green hand, and, she, and he says, remember, no one leaves here alive. Uh, and then he steps back out of, out of the doorway, and two of the, the green hand guards sort of start to search through the office, um, and you can see they're, they're almost definitely going to head in your direction as well. I cast um, Minor Illusion, and I can do 30 feet, so I try to put it in the hallway, mm-hmm. so, you know, far behind the guys behind me, and I have it say, um, uh, I have it say, let's see, what do I have it say? I have it say, In a loud, deep voice, it says, Ulian intruders! Okay, perfect. Um, I think you can totally, like, uh, sort of put it, put it just outside in the hallway. Yeah. Um, and uh, as, as the sound goes off, the two, the two people in the office turn, uh, and then immediately uh, somebody shouts, uh, Chase them down! Uh, and you can hear a whole lot of footsteps. It sounds like uh, six, seven people. Uh, that are out in the hallway who start running in that direction. Is there a um, window in here? There, you can't you can't see the hallway from here. But is there a window uh, in in the room I'm in? No, there are oh. no windows. There's oh. only the windows that lead to the office. Okay. Um, and oh, the boy. two guys in the office start start to leave, uh, and then you watch as as the dwarf who had just left uh, points at them and says, "No, you search here. She might have hidden the book or the map in here." Um, and and then he, he takes off as well. Uh, and so they start start to go, and then they stop. And start looking around uh, uh, again uh, in that in the sort of office space. All right, uh, but you can tell you you cleared out a lot of a lot of people. The shout Shing. does not go unheard by Gierkas and and Ulian, by the way. Right. Um, as the two of you are sort of making your way up, and you can hear all these footsteps, all these these people shouting and giving orders, and you make your way up the stairway to the to the level that the the signs say the curator's office is. Um, and you're sort of looking around the corner as you're watching them. Uh, it is easily um, more than a dozen uh, people 
and most of them are dressed in these blacks the, the, with the green handprint. Uh, but one of them is the dwarf. And since you have a better view, um, you can tell the dwarf is clearly wearing the same kind of clothing and symbols as the Templars of Fate wore. Ooh. Uh. No bueno. Um, okay, so we're coming up. We've, see, we've heard the thing. Um, I'm pro. I'm gonna assume. You know, I'm gonna. You're in sort of the. You're in the stairwell. Um, yeah. Like a, a few offices down from the curator's office, mm-hmm. uh, and so you can you can kind of peek around the corner and see them rushing about and and see right. them doing that. And of course, we don't know that uh, Blaze is with Lily. Correct. But we've heard him do the thing, so I'm assuming he's trying to distract these these people we've seen uh but i'm still assuming he's in danger uh okay so first off i i had an idea that maybe uh i you know both myself and blaze thought we left the map and the book at the place but then i turn around and i'm like gergus what are you what are you holding this book that you brought the book and the map you told me I could. But the, that's the other book, the children's book. The, you I brought have that the, book, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Then now it's not safe here. Okay, keep it hidden. Do you have a place to hide it? Yes. Okay, G- keep it hidden. G- now. Gerkes, do you have any... Are you just wearing, like, key robes? Or is it, like, a gi? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I can so, sit on the ground right here. <laughs> no. Oh, no. No. Yeah. Do you want me to hide them in my robes? Yes. Okay. So he gives me the book and the map, and I, like, stuff them in my robes. Um, I think at this point, I don't think I want to go try to fight these people. There's too many of them. But we need to find them. So I'm wondering if I can... Um, it, can I cast... Uh, if I cast Clairvoyance, can I hear what's happening like can yeah. i hear what's happening yeah but um, you kind of know what's happening already don't you yeah okay 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 all right okay so do we have a clear path into the room like do we know which room blaze is in uh i think you can if you assume blaze went after the curator you know where the curator's office is um i don't think you guys can see any better into the curator's office from where you are than the guards can, and Blazes and and Lily are currently hiding. In the, okay, in the, I'm gonna in cast. The, the, got this. it. I, I'm gonna cast a minor illusion as well. Um, okay, I'm assuming. So, uh, which direction did did uh, Blazes cast? Was so, Blazes cast? Blazes cast worked really well. It actually pulled a whole bunch of people. Yeah, pulled away. a whole bunch of people away. Um, there are and, still and, two and more are they in the running, hallway, I, and I see them. They're running away, right? Uh, yeah, they're sort of running down the hallway, clearly kind of chasing after the noise. Is there a so way two... that I can then reinforce that, like even f- like in the in the next direction, so they confirm that? Oh yeah, we can't, gotta keep going that way. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think you okay. you you were in position well enough that you could totally like okay. respond and hop right on. So then, on basically, Blazinar's I cast a minor illusion comment. and I try to copy the the voice, mm-hmm. and it's like this way, you know, they're coming after us or something like that. Yeah, that's that's what I do. This way, they're uh, coming after us. Uh, awesome. 
Uh, I think I think you have no problem kind of projecting that further down the hallway than Blaze could have done, uh, which which kind of leads them leads them chasing off down in that direction. Okay. Um, it still leaves the two in the hallway and the two in the office that you can you can see from where you are. So I think um, I'm like Gurkhas. I think we need to t- take out these two in the hallway. Gurkhas, roll me a perception check with advantage. Uh oh. Um, I got a, a modified 20. Is Ooh, it, okay. Is it another Dragonborn? Uh, <laughs> n- no. Although it is worth mentioning the they are varied races um, in these in these black outfits. Even though all their outfits match, they're all they're all sort of different, different, uh, uh, clearly different sort of specializations of weapons and fighters and, yeah. and different, different they're, uh, they're an inclusive, uh, very inclusive multicultural <laughs> yeah. uh, mer- and, and, murderers and very, various various represented genders um, I think that's they're, they're very inclusive yeah. uh, for, for an assassin skill um, so uh, Gierkes with a modified 20 you are uh, the whole time this is all going on and uh, Ulian is, is talking about all the all the different like oh we, we could do this and then he's he's like projecting and he's casting magic and you're staring right across the hall is a large grate that leads to like an air vent and you're staring at it and for a long time you're you're just sort of looking at it <laughs> and what you realize is your screwdriver would perfectly fit the screws on this grate across the hall <laughs> like, like you reach into the bag and you kind of hold it up, and you're looking at the, at the thing am across I the hall, this? and you're looking at the. Yeah, am I seeing this? Me or is it across? Or would we have to be exposing our existence to them in order to go across the hall? Uh, no, you could. It, it's it's like a T. So so you oh, you I could see. like you could like while they're distracted, real quick, you could like hop hop across the the hallway and then and then. Uh, Gurkhas, what get to are that. you doing? We need to Watch contact. This. I want to go over there, like a oh. Formula One pit crew. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I take everything back I've ever said bad about you, which is quite a bit. Um, it is it is a fairly large air vent. Uh, it's still pretty tight for you, Gerkus. You're you're a pretty big guy, um, but uh, you can fit in, and if. It looks like you can close it up behind you as well. Um, I'm assuming we're going spelunking. Blazonar, you are um, watching as you are hiding behind this thing and looking for any way out of this room whatsoever. Um, And Lily is like starting to hyperventilate. Uh, She's she's starting to like uh, like get very very worked up and upset, and she can like see these guys, and they have searched the office now. Um, and you can see them opening up one of the doors. Uh, and one of them turns to the other one and goes, have we looked in here yet? And they go, no, not yet. Let's, let's uh, split up and make our way through. And they, they uh, open up the door and they start making their way through the, the stacks, slowly heading in your direction, uh, getting closer and closer. Okay. I, I signal to her and I, to stay, and I start moving away from her, and I'm going to hide in a spot where I think what at least one of them's going to come and I'm going to shank him. Uh, all right. Um as you are making your way in that direction, um Ulian 
I'm going to assume Ulian went first through the grate. Sure, because he was going to close Gavis. it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ulian, you round the corner in this, in this grate, and you can see into a dark office, and you can see Lily hiding behind a, a desk um, as, uh, as Blazonar sort of uh, sneakily walks away from the, from the back part of this. this Is um, she close area. to the grate? that I could whisper and she would hear me? Yeah, she totally okay. is. Okay, so I go right up and I'm like, Lily, turn um, around. Uh, and she doesn't yelp this time, but she does look look like surprised and then very confused. I mean the grate. This is Ulian. Uh, and she kind of leans down and she, she's looking through the grate and she says, Ulian, how did you get in there? Oh, d- don't worry about it. We're going to open it up. Come with us. Okay, so, like, I don't know how we do this, because, like, we got to... He hands me the screwdriver painfully. <laughs> like, I reach behind. Like, oh, God, I'm pulling my back. And then I'm like, unscrew. And I'm really bad with tools, by the way. And so, like, <laughs> and so like Gierkes, you're trying to, like, here, let me do it. Like, you're trying to sneak your hand in. And I'm like, no, no, I got it. And finally, like, I let painfully open the thing. <laughs> Come to Los Angeles, she said. Have a good time, she said. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, and when we get back, let's see what happens. So let's say Yulian is trying to woo uh, a love interest, and uh, he has let her or him come into Yulian's apartment, and all the books are there. And he wants this person also to become a patron of the podcast. What would that sound like? First off, let me tell you how much it means. To, don't, don't, t- don't touch that book. I mean, perhaps I could let you touch it, but maybe if we talk about it first. But um, anyways, as I was saying, I, it means so much to me to have you here. And, uh, oh, hold on. Let me clear this away a little uh, you put your cup down and it left a ring. Uh, yes, I realize it's the floor, but um, anyways, I just think maybe it's time for us to move to the next step uh, where, you know, perhaps, what do you mean? We're not at a step? Well, I thought we were at a step. I've invited you into my place. We've read books together. Friends. But I most certainly imagine we are friends, which... Oh, well, perhaps I could interest you in becoming a patron of uh, the Psychology in Seattle podcast, maybe as a consolation prize. Mm, very well. Also, convince <laughs> convince your partner to go to gametogrow.org. And where, wait, where should people go, Adams? Gametogrow.org slash support is the website uh, to make a donation to our nonprofit. Wait, wait. So let's say Gierkes is in the room. And, oh, yeah. and <laughs> like awkwardly, and awkwardly, and this, this is a private meeting, Gierkes. <laughs> and you Gierkes, have so many books. And Gierkes chimes in and tries to convince the romantic partner to go to gametogrow.org/support. What would that sound like, Gierkes? You have so many books here. I wonder if you purchased them on Amazon.com. Did you know you can actually change your Amazon.com to smile.amazon.com? Learn more. Game2Grow.org slash support. Game2Grow.org? 
This sounds like perhaps just what we need to take our relationship to the next you level. You might need some help. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be the best pitch we've ever had. <laughs> Friend zoned? Game to grow dot org. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> with that, I, I gotta uh, wonder, like, what? It would be awesome to see the backstory. How did how did Ulian get to the point where he had invited someone who he thought was like developing a relationship with? For all we know, it's just like his neighbor, and he like just walked into like because he's like, hey, come check this out. Uh, I, I also want to watch the TV show that is Ulian and yeah, and Gip odd couple, as, the as, odd, as couple. odd couple <laughs> kind of show. I, I really, really like that idea. <laughs> and every now and then, Bla- Uncle Blazonara shows up. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole like, audience class. I got a new voice! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, uh, Kirk, does, would Blazonara have a, a catchphrase he says as he walks into the room? Uh, yeah. What would it be? <laughs> It'd be like something like... Uh, I'm trying to think, would it be making fun of the odd couple? Or, you know, is he like a Larry on Three's Company? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say it's kind of a Three's Company thing. Right. So, awesome. right. So, two men and a baby, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Or is he more like, he, he, you know, I'm picturing Danny DeVito in um, It's Always Sunny. Like he comes in with some <laughs> random new thing. New oh, yeah, yeah, that's better. That's better, yeah. It'd be like, so I figured it out, you know. There's, there's, a, there's a seller on the, on the corner, and, it, you know, if we work our angle right, we can get in there and we can make lots of money. Blaze, <laughs> I'm in the middle of a date. What do you mean it's not a date? Well, in any case, what is, ah, I can't with all these distractions. <laughs> Shut up, bird. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch this show. This is the this is the TV show I want to see. As long as there's a laugh track, yeah, <laughs> a really ridiculous laugh track. Uh, Blazonar, you are sneaking in this archive room. You are headed after the the um, would be assassin uh, that is clearly sort of sneaking around in in your place. You can see he's holding a. Um, a lantern, and it's a focused hooded lantern, so it's got kind of a focused light, and he's kind of scanning around the shelves and stuff. Uh, but it's clear that he does not have dark vision. Um, and so you've got sort of the advantage on your side of staying very hidden. Um, you are, I'm, I'm continuing to use your stealth check from before, so you are very, very well hidden. What do you want to do? What do you want this to look like? Well, I'm trying to kill him quietly, so that will be tough. But I'm guessing, you know, I've watched a lot of ninja movies, and I it's hand over the mouth and slash across the throat or something like that. Um, okay, cool. Go ahead and make me an attack roll and make it with advantage since you're hidden. Okay. What is my attack bonus? It's plus six, and I got a 20. Nice. So you definitely hit, and then roll me damage with your sneak attack. Damage is not very high. Eight. And you get to add your sneak attack bonus on there? Did yeah, you? that's with sneak attack bonus. <laughs> what did you do, like, poke? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think what what actually happens <clears throat> is as you reach up, um, you reach up to, to sort of uh, grab. Or this sorry, guy. it's uh, eleven. 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 Okay. Um, it's still not quite enough to to like take him out. Um, you reach up to sort of grab this guy, and as you go to to um, uh, grab him and then and then kind of slit his throat. Actually, what I'll say is you do kill him, but he drops the lantern. Okay. Um, so you you uh, uh, leap. You put your hand over his mouth um, and you slit his throat, and he doesn't make any noise at all, and he crumples to the ground. But he drops his lantern, and in doing so, there's a clang from the lantern, and the other guard uh, immediately turns and kind of looks looks in your direction. Um, and <clears throat> I think he doesn't see you; he just sees. I think you're able to escape, uh, kind of back to where you were. Uh, but he sees the the other guard crumpled to the ground, uh, and the lantern lantern there, and he's clearly making his way over into that direction. Okay, so well, you say back to where he was. Is that where Lily? Where, where, where yeah. So I Lily? think I think okay. now Blazonard, now you see uh, Lily kind of talking to a wall. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm trying to make my. I'm I don't know the layout in my head, but I'm making my way. I'm, this is my plan. As I'm going to come back around, so I'm. You know, I can backstab the guy from the other side. So I'm going around a big table or something. But I'm passing by Lily, and I see her talking to the wall. Do mm-hmm. I see Ulian? Um, it's hard to see through the grates. They're 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 tough to see through. You wouldn't notice somebody on the other side of the grate normally. Okay. Uh, but if you pay close attention now that you see her talking to a wall, yeah, I think I think you can make Ulian out. Okay. Um, um, so are they in the process of opening up the grate? Or? Yeah, William, I think right about this time you're 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 uh, finishing yeah. up the last screw and kind of pushing the grate open. Is it? Do I turn left or right? Lefty, lose. Lefty, lefty, oh, lefty. Right, lefty. Right. Well, right. you're on the I mean, opposite. Left. You're on the opposite side. Oh, but I'm it's on this side. Oh. It's righty, Lucy. From the, from the other side, you have to do it from the other side. So, um, I am still. Uh, do I think all of us can get out through the grate by the time this guard comes back around? Or you have absolutely no idea where the where the grate leads leads or what's what the direction for it is. But it is a back door out of this place, um, and if there's lots of guards in the hallway, this this at least saves you from from having to leave through the only other front entrance of the of the room. Right. Well, I'm just trying to wonder if if I have to take out this other guard, or if we can all get out before that other guard discovers us. Oh, I gotcha. Um, since the grate is already open, I think you think you can probably make your way out through the through the grate without the guard seeing you. He okay. will be very confused as to how somebody was killed, and there's nobody in the room. <laughs> we, it's an illusion, Michael. Vanishing act. Can we yeah. Take his body out into the. Can we drag his body into the vent, Batman style? The other guard is already on top of the one that's that's oh. dead, um, so he's already investigating what's what's going on. He's he's panicked uh, and he's even a, shouting uh, to the to the guards outside. Yeah, he's, he's got the leader. exclamation point. Okay. He's, <laughs> yes. So I um, mm, what's going on over here? I switch <laughs> weapons to my to my bow, and if I have time, I'm actually just going to take a take a shot. Well, wait, I'm just going to see if I need to take a shot at him. I think you're far enough away. I don't think you need to take a shot. At okay. It. If if the, if the goal is to get so out, that he doesn't chase you, right? Uh, he doesn't see how you get out. Okay. Then I think I think you're okay. I think you're hidden enough to to be able to do that. 
Um, all of you now inside these these grates, you're basically making your way along um, some very windy uh, grates and paths. You can hear the stomping of, of feet all throughout the museum uh, as you're climbing your way through. And I think all of you end up making your way basically to the roof. Um, you find a ladder that's in one of these one of these air vents that makes its way up towards the roof without it, like a a better way to go. You just sort of head up. Well, we are at the roof <laughs> now. At, how do we get down? Uh, as you as you climb out, the the roof vent actually like like uh, is easy enough to open and and exits onto the roof. You're now on top of the museum. It's the largest building in the area, so there's not a lot of clear ways down from here um and you can hear that they're still stomping and shouting and stuff in the in the building below you um so how do you want to get down from here all right um there is obviously a stairwell that like sort of leads to the roof it's not like a roof access door um but uh, you suspect if you could try to go down through the stairwell they will probably spot you I don't really have anything. <laughs> well, can we, can we hide up here? Can we hide up here for a while and is they it, see if they pass? Yeah, um, it's a little risky, but it's it's a little risky. What do you want to do if they if they come up onto the roof? Well, so there's a there's a door to get up onto the roof. Yeah, it's like your classic sort of office building uh, uh, where the roof is like. Um, uh, like scattered, oh. scattered stone or whatever. Well, I guess we gotta uh, get. I guess we have to get. Down we here. gotta call the eagles. Yeah. So um, in my <laughs> backpack, I have a rope. I can. You whisper to the moth. We're repelled down the side. Yeah. So we try to find one of the sides that doesn't have a lot of windows or, you know, doors on that side. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think you can totally find a, a side that has no uh, fewer windows and doors and and such. To be able to make your way down. Okay. Actually, the, the whole museum has a big courtyard that has a bunch of, um, like, outdoor dinosaur sculptures. And there is a pretty large uh, sort of brontosaurus-y looking dinosaur sculpture um, that, is, that is pretty close. You're actually probably, the, the building's really tall, so you're probably seven stories up, um, which means one 50-foot rope is not going to get you all the way to the bottom. But... It might get you closer to this dinosaur sculpture that you might be able to hop on the back of and kind of slide down from there. Like a do a yabba dabba do down the Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can do a Flintstones. I could. How down many the feet down the... is it? How many feet How many... down is it? Uh, from from the roof to the to the ground. Yeah, it's uh, like seventy feet. Okay, okay, okay. But the but to the dinosaur dude. Oh, that's probably only uh, fifteen or twenty feet. Okay, I'm wondering if I could cast so like that's the tip of the head servant. or whatever. Right. I'm wondering if I could cast Unseen Servant, have uh, Blaze throw down the rope, but have the Unseen Servant, like, catch it and tie it. Oh, like to the dinosaur head? Yeah. That is a very creative use. I like that a lot. Um, Yeah, I think you can totally do that. Uh, You're going to have to convince your Unseen Servant. Blaze, here's what I believe we can do. I will cast my Unseen Servant. I call him Blau. Don't ask me why. And if I could just persuade him. Why do you call him Blau? Oh, don't ask me. I said it's a long story. I will tell you all when we have some more delicious eel. So I will make it so that we tie the rope to this 
creature down here. It's one of these mythical creatures. Okay. Okay. So I cast Unseen Servant on the Um, dino. The Unseen Servant appears uh, and obviously is not seen on top of the dinosaur's head. And uh, and you... How does uh, I guess you know it's communicate? There. Does one I communicate? Think, I think telepathically is telepathically. what we established. Okay. All right. So I'm like, give me a second. Mm. Why? Because. Mm. Yes, you could do that afterwards. Please. Okay. <laughs> he says he'll do it. Where is he? Okay. Uh, well, of course, you can't see him. Uh, just throw the rope in the direction of the dino's head, but not the whole rope. Hang on to one end of yeah, the rope. Yeah, I, I, you know. I have, a, I have an intelligence of 14. I understand. <laughs> and I throw the rope. Uh, the rope is, is caught in midair um, by a seemingly invisible uh, thing, and then it immediately starts getting tied around the, the uh, dinosaur head. Right. I tie it off on... Is there something to tie it off on? Yeah, I think there's, like, pipes and, and some stuff sort of sticking out up here, and you can tie it off on one of those. Okay. Um, so I guess you, are you all going to like zip zip line your way down about 10, 10 15 feet and, yeah. and yabba dabba do down this dinosaur? <laughs> yeah, yabba dabba do time. Quarter staff <laughs> zip line down the thing. Sweet. But before we do, I say, oh, can can you all please do me a favor when we when you land down on the dino, say thank you. Otherwise, we might have it untied at any moment. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone um, we should address our thank you to? No, just say thank you. That's all he needs. <laughs> Lily says, this seems very dangerous. <laughs> Are you sure this is safe? Um, it's safer than staying up here. Um, she, as right, right about that time, you can hear more shouting and footsteps down below you. <laughs> uh, and she sort of nods. And, I, will, uh, sh- I will offer to help Lily across with my sheer, massive strength. I will accept that offer. Uh, Lily is a halfling, um, so she's pretty small. So I think you can totally do that. Oh, which is great. Do we have she to roll terribly. for uh, something here? Uh, yeah, you need to re- make me a... Um, oh, I think boy. we're going to make this an acrobatics check. Oh, I have a plus zero. This should be awesome. Oh man! If this was come athletics, on, on, I would be on, doing on, much better. Oh, you can do athletics instead if you want to do athletics. If that's better. No, 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 no. That's a, not, a minus one for me. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I got a fourteen on that. I got a uh, okay. seven. I too got a seven. Okay. Um, At first, I because, thought it was a one. By the way, <laughs> but Gearcast, it's a seven. because you're helping Lily, she got a twenty. Um, and so you're you're. Because uh, you gave her advantage on her on her role, um, romancing the stone, kind of like epic swing yeah. from. <laughs> I also really appreciate the romancing the stone reference there. <laughs> um, you slide down. Uh, do you say thank you? So Lily says thank you <laughs> as you land on the dinosaur's head, uh, and then you you slide the rest of your way down the dinosaur's back uh, with very little problem. Ulian and. Um, and oh, Blaze and I, boy. the two of you do not do quite so gracefully <laughs> um, down this thing. 
So I'm not going to have you fall 70 stories and maybe die or whatever, whatever that would result in. Uh, instead, I'm going to say, um, Blazonar, the two of you kind of hop on the rope at the same time and both start sliding down. Blazonar, the tie that you had made to the roof end of the rope uh, comes untied as you're sliding down oh the rope. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> resulting in, in uh, immediately you feel it sort of lurch, uh, and then you, you two start to fall, and you grab onto the rope. Um, luckily, the tie on the dinosaur head side is very solid. And so the two of you are now swinging. <laughs> Um, on this, Someone on said this thank rope. you, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're, you're sliding back and forth. Now, the structure of this dinosaur is not designed to hold people <laughs> on the dinosaur's head. So as you're swinging from this dinosaur, the head and neck and all the sort of oh, no. uh, connecting pieces of the dinosaur head uh, basically start to snap. And they're all connected to each other just well enough <laughs> that they all sort of snap independently and are, are still sort of connected, turning it into basically a, um, oh, a floppy dinosaur neck. Oh, no uh, one's going like, to collapsing this. under your weight. <laughs> Uh, and so the two of you are now, like, flinging your, yourselves all the way around. And, Gerkes, you're watching this as you're, like, sliding the rest of the way down the back of the dinosaur. <laughs> um, and you are uh, flailing and, and spinning now, uh, uh, like, back and forth uh, across the front of the dinosaur as you're making your way down. And I think there's a hilarious moment where the, these guys, these green hand who are searching through the offices, like one of them is, is like opened up an office uh, and turns around and goes like, these people aren't anywhere. And then there's the two of you flying by the <laughs> <Swinging> window <laughs> as, you're, as you're swinging back and forth. But My one question for you way. is, do you say anything? Are you are you yelling? Are you just trying to be as quiet as possible? What, is that, what does that look like? I, I, I'm probably saying, uh, I'm, I'm probably saying like, uh, let me see. One second. One second. I'll tell you exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> My dear Ravnica, let not this be the end. Ah! <laughs> How about you, Blazon? Are you, are you saying anything? Are you just quiet contemplation as you're flailing to your, to your death? I'm just sort of laughing to myself, and I say, um, uh... Why do you call him? Uh, what do you call him? Blau, Blau. I did, I'm, I'm swinging. I'm just. I'm in his like close to him. Like, why do you call him Blau? <laughs> ah, it's 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 a long story. <laughs> um, as the two of you swing back and forth, and the neck continues to break, uh, you actually manage to land fairly harmlessly on the ground. Uh, as you sort of drag across the the grassy ground that is that is oh. there at the bottom of the the dinosaur, the dinosaur's neck is completely broken, uh, and they they land on the ground as you, uh, Gerkus and Lily, are sort of making your way around from the dinosaur's tail, um, and and Lily goes, "Wow, that was amazing! I can't <laughs> believe you did that on purpose." <laughs> oh, that's uh, oh yes. Uh, that was the plan all along. That's incredible. Oh, we just slowed down the dinosaur's back. Then oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but I'm like kneeling on the floor, kissing the floor. <laughs> I look ground. up. I look up from the floor, going, "That that was on purpose." <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, Lily looks, and, and you can still see all the lights of the people um, tromping through the museum. And she says, where do we go now? If they came here, then my, my place is almost definitely not safe. Let us go to Ulian's place. Oh, great. More people. Yes, let us. We need to decipher this map. Wear shoes before you step inside. Uh, if you wear shoes. Lily doesn't, Lily doesn't wear shoes. She's a proper halfling. Ah. Oh. It is true. It is tradition <laughs> of my people. I, I, I think I might have wanted to fall after all. <laughs> and all, all four of you make your way back to Ulian's place. Um, the night is pretty late. Uh, at this point, it's probably uh, eight or nine o'clock at night as you as you make your way back into into Ulian's place, and um, Lily wastes no time as you come in, and and she kind of gives a look over, uh, and she she gives you a knowing nod, Ulian, and she says, um, "I appreciate your your pursuit of academia." Oh, why? Well, thank you. That no one's ever said anything so kind before. Uh, uh, are you going to pitch to her game to grow now? <laughs> <laughs> there is a website you should visit. <laughs> the page, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, she says, do you have the, the book and the map? Yes. It, uh, um, <clears throat> my friend here decided to take it with even though we were going to leave it here. But I assume you still have it, uh, I guess. I thought you had it. Oh, right. I hope it didn't fall as we... <laughs> uh... Do I roll for something? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to make it. Here it is. Disappeared. Here's the book. Here's the map. Uh, as you lay them out, you can see that the... Um, uh, uh, she starts to, to look over them. She's, she does all the same things that you, you did at first. Um, and you basically just engage in conversation as she, as she says, like, well, have you tried it? Have you, have you tried a two or a four? Um, and, and you're sort of walking her through exactly all the, all the same right. cipher stuff that you had done. As you uh, go through kind of all the details of it, you finally get around to the top phrase that was on the top of the map that was written in several languages, which was toes. Um, and she says, you know, that reminds me of a funny story. Um, my father, when I was young, uh, I, used to, I used to like the game, you know, uh, little piggies on your toes. Um, and, uh, but I never liked all the other ones. I just liked the last one. So he would, Is this uh, a game that uh, teaches you how not to lose your toes on an accident? I remember that page. No, I don't... It was okay, like I'm sort sorry. of please, this little piggy went wee wee wee. Uh, I'm not familiar either way, with these. Um, I never wanted to do the rest of it. Whenever he would start it, I always tell him to skip. Is the pig? Me. Is the pig starved and it, it is too hungry and it chews? It maims the the feet. Ulian, I think your childhood may have been quite dark. Do not oh. put your toes in the mouth of a pig. That is I not a good. Know. That is uh, great. Is holding wisdom. up that picture in the book. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that's <laughs> the <laughs> picture. Big X. X. Um, she says, "You know, I wonder whether or not that's what the the cipher is supposed to refer to." Oh. And she she takes the book and she starts at the end of the book instead of the, at the beginning of the book, and she starts going through the cipher and she says, "Yes, this this makes sense. I think this may work." Genius. Um, 
And she takes some time. We'll say 10, 15 minutes. Um, and she turns around to all of you. She's writing all this on a piece of paper. And she says, I'm not really sure how to tell you this, but I have the first part of the cipher. But it's a bit unusual. Uh, let me read it to you. It says, and I quote, and I'm not making any of this up, it says, let Lily translate the map, find the key, you must find Erezeth tonight. Hmm. Does that, have, does that make any sense to you at all? Um, let's see, who has it? Uh, Gerkus. You know the name Erezeth. Because that is the name of the author for the of poetry that book. book that you picked up. The poetry mm. book. Erezeth. Yes, this is familiar. Um, what, and I'll what, say... What is familiar about it? He wrote this book on poetry. <gasps> the author of the other book. Of course. And the title of the other book is... Um, uh, the key to mastering poetry. The key. Ah, the key. What is the key to mastering poetry? Let's open it up. Ah, it must be in the book. I take the um, book. Out, see if there's a key in there. You're, you're, there's, there's no key. It appears to be no, just no, 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 no. There's no literal key. Let's it look at metaphor. the pages. Yes. The pages are covered in words. Um, it's poetry. Um, the book goes on about how, how poetry is all about understanding emotional connection, and it's all about evoking uh, emotions with words. Uh, and that is like sort of the premise of Erezeth's um, uh, ideas there. Um, the actual... Uh, I have the actual name of the are th person. Are the poems divided into, like, like chapters and verse, that kind of thing? Um. They actually, it's not a poetry book. It's not a book okay. full of po poems. It uh, has poems about. as examples. Is just teaching oh, you about okay. how to write poems. Um, but the person's name is Janar Arizeth. Um and there's actually like a nice little sketch in the back of the book of of Janar. She appears to be a um, Githzerai, Um which is a race of sort of slightly psychic. Uh, Beings hmm. from Does sort of say the outer planes. Where is it? A she? A she? Yeah. Does it say where she's from? Um, it does on the back of the book. Yeah, I think I think she's from she's from here. She's from the city here. Ah. This says it. The author is local. Uh, and I think I'm going to give this Blazonar. Uh, roll me a. I guess this would be perception check. I got a 15. Okay. A 15 is good enough. Um, Blazonar, you, you've seen uh, posters like billboards all over the city um, talking about a, a poetry performance um, uh, happening from Erezeth tonight uh, as like a one-night performance that is happening across the other side of town. Erezeth is performing tonight across town. We must go now. Wait. The Erezeth? How can you be sure? I saw the posters. Oh, my good lord. Of course we should go, then. Fortuitous. Perhaps she has a key. Well, Lily says, it'll take me some time to finish deciphering the rest of the, of the map. I guess Thwar was right. 
Um, <laughs> go, I'll stay here. It's, this seems safe enough. Don't touch the books. Uh, yes, Except for this one. Yeah, yes, you must touch this one. Leave the columns alone. They won't fall on you. They seem like <laughs> they might fall on me, though. Uh, very well. Go, go. Uh, before it's too late. All right. As you make your way over uh, to the other side of town, I'm curious, uh, are you just going to h- hike over there? Do you want to, like, hire a, uh, uh, what is it called where somebody, rickshaw. like, pulls? A rickshaw? A rickshaw. Yes. Uh, or a cart or something rickshaw. like that? You want to hire a rickshaw? Strange locals with their... So we can hurry? Yeah. Make, yeah. Make we it hurry over on a rickshaw? You! Actually, yes, you. maybe I, maybe I suggest you. it. Uh, I, the, I, I might say, would it be rickshaw, possible if we perhaps hired a rickshaw? Because that way you wouldn't have to get your feet even the dirtier and... <laughs> This might get us there a little sooner as well. You have a strange fascination with our feet. <laughs> I'm just He's looking out for the best. He's not wrong. <laughs> if you're paying, let's go. The, there's a rickshaw guy. He's hanging out. Sure, uh, sure. I will cover the reading costs. A book. <laughs> kind sir. Uh, we need to make our way to... Uh, where is this place, Blaze? How, how did you know my name? don't believe I know your name. Kind sir, that's my name. How did you know that? Oh, um, you're very well known in this part of town as providing the best rickshaw service. Oh. Well, I, I do provide a good rickshaw service. I mean, well, if, I, we if I do in, say so myself. Uh, we are I like in to need provide puff service. pastries with every rickshaw ride. Uh, even better. We are hungry, are we not? I am always hungry. Uh, I am oh. always hungry as well. We well, have that in common. <laughs> kind sir's rickshaw rides. Uh, Excellent, kind Very sir. excited to, to take you wherever you're going. Where are you going? The Green Flagon. Oh, God, that's on the other side of town. I heard that you have no problem getting someone from one side of town to the other in no time at all. Well, I mean, I, I suppose that's true. Uh, Your I reputation does precede you, to, kind sir. To do that... Uh, very, very well, very well. Um, well, hop, hop on board, kind sir's rickshaw service. I'll even pay your usual fee. Oh, what a, what a gentleman! Uh, even for all the word of mouth you've, mouth you've given me. That's, that's correct. Oh, well, normally I just work for exposure, but in this case, <laughs> I'll take your money. Uh, that sounds like quite a deal. Oh. He oh. starts, he starts taking <laughs> off. Uh, he's got a little, he's got a little, um, uh, like. Cooler, filled mm. with uh, uh, cream puffs. Yeah, cold cream puffs. Oh. He's got it. There. It's like an Uber. He wants a good rating. I'm he's trying to get a good rating. <laughs> he's got he's he's got a, a thing a sign on his back that says like if you'd like for me to hum a specific kind of song, just let me know. <laughs> um, please do please you give know me slippy, five shout slippy, rating. The eel is slippy. Oh, yes, one of my favorites. Uh, oh, I would love to hear it. I've been hearing and then there's a drum the band called Perhaps you could play some Moradin songs. Some Moradin. In my travels, I've heard good things about the band. Oh, one of the best bands. Yes, of course. Wait a minute. I know they're great hits. A acquaintance of mine, I believe, had a connection. Oh, well, I know one of the members. 
Thrain. What of he's, Morden? He's from my hometown. I, I've been friends with him for decades. No you way. don't say. <laughs> Perhaps you should introduce us. And they're the ones who wrote Slippy, Slippy, Eel, Slippy? No, that was not Morden. <laughs> oh. I wonder if they play a cover, an arrangement of it. <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling, really, because Thrain is, has no rhythm and no tonality. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I wonder who the lead singer is, because Slippy Slippy Eel Slippy requires a certain bravado in the intonation. And, well, why don't you uh, regale us, since you know the song so well? I Unfortunately, I have a, a terrible, tragic singing voice, but it, it does go something like... <laughs> <clears throat> slippy, 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 ill, slippy. It's something like this. It sounds a little better in, in the actual performance, but. Bravo. Yeah. I, is it the sound of an eel being murdered? I, I'm, I'm trying. What, what's going on with <laughs> oh, that song? No, it's, it's, it's evoking the sentiment one has when one imbibes delicious. Uh, essence of eel, which is, oh man, I, I just cannot even begin to explain it. But slippy, I think you've explained it. I think you've explained it. Slippy, you've explained it thoroughly for for me to envision in my mind. I both thank you and tell slippy. you to, tell you to stop. It's it's <laughs> just fine. I'm getting better. Actually, I, I think the more I practice, the slip, slippy. <laughs> About this time, you pull five, up five stars. <laughs> you pull up to the uh, to the location that you're headed. Uh, Kirk, what was the name of that place again? The Green Flagon. The Green and by Flagon. the way, Blazonar ate fifteen uh, eclairs on the way over. <laughs> I think I think between Blazonar and Gerkes, you probably you, you cleaned him out. He's of, cleaned of, out. Of, of I think I had also one his, like mints. Where I took, I've yeah. taken. Charger. <laughs> yeah. I had one of these cream puffs. Wait, you still have all the mints from the he bank? Had, he had a take no, a copper, leave a copper oh, that had a few coppers in I, it. You grabbed those. I'm actually too. like, <laughs> sir, do you mind? I had one. These are delicious cream. Do you mind if I can have a? Oh, never mind. Yeah, and there's, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, powdered oh, sugar play, all over our face. Play back there. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to have a fill. <laughs> um. As he pulls up, he says, uh, uh, thank you so much for your service. Uh, remember, tell everybody about kind sir rickshaws. Yes, you have been a much kind sir. Uh, yes, I thank you, kind sir. Uh, you, you're, you're welcome, unknown named person. <laughs> That's not my name, but yes, thank you. <laughs> um, as you pull up outside of the Green Flagon, the Green Flagon is, uh, it's sort of a bar, but it's also got a, like a huge um, performance space. And so it is uh, really well known in the area of being just this, this great place to, to go if you're, if you're attending sort of a performance. It is packed. It is packed. Whoa. And you can see that, the, that there's uh, bouncers at the door uh, who are sort of checking, checking in people and checking, checking tickets. Um, and uh, there is a big sign that just is plastered all over everything. It says sold out. Um, however, as you are kind of looking over all of the, the signs and the, the bouncers and all the, all the people packed in, um, you, uh, Blazonar, you can see that there is a group of um, people 
that are coming in from sort of the side door, and there's a bouncer there too, um, and they are all uh, halflings, and they're all wearing hats. And the hats look very familiar. Uh, they look exactly like the hat that you have in your possession. Um, maybe a little less crumpled. Uh, but the ugly hat that you have, the sort of uh, ugly-looking sailor's hat, uh, looks exactly like one of these hats. And you Re- can overhear Remind me where I got this having. hat? I, is this, I forget. This is one of uh, Thwar's items. Oh. Okay. So I guess Gerkas has it in his possession. Right. Um, you can overhear the uh, three halflings that are that are going up and talking to the to the bouncer at the side door. Uh, the bouncer says names, and one of the halflings sa- says, uh, "We're we're part of the the opening act. Uh, oh. We're the I, four amigos." I I grab uh, Gierkus's bag and I say, "Where's that? Where's that hat?" Um, and the dude, the I'm guard at the door as you're doing this says, blazes. "There's only three of you." Uh, and one of them says, oh, yeah, the last one's running late. He'll be here any minute. Oh, perfect. Um, and the guard says, all right, right on go, go on in. You're about to go them, on stage. Shut them over there. So I wait for them to go in, and then I shuffle in, and I just go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the three go in, and the guard uh, sees you, the, the bouncer, uh, sees you come up and, go, and goes, oh, you're those amigo fellows. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Uh, are these two your? Uh, yeah, there was me. Sound crew. Uh, yeah, sound yes, crew. We, we are the uh, sound crew. All right. We are the. Sound uh, well, then you're, you're you're on you're on in minutes. Get in there. Oh. All right. Excellent. Um, Blaze, you make your way Blaze, into the into the side door in the <laughs> into the building. You're actually like almost. Uh, immediately on stage, you're in like a small little uh, backstage area, and you can see the three of them are making their way on. There's another sort of stage director inside uh, who looks at you and goes, "Oh, thank God you're here! I thought we were going to have to delay the whole thing." And then takes you and then shoves you over next to the the other three performers, so they're all facing the stage, and you're at <laughs> sort of the back of the line. Uh, and then uh, the stage director kind of motions and goes like, you're on, go, 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 go. Uh, and the three of them sort of start making their way out on the stage. And you can see spotlights come down onto, onto each of them. And there's a, there's a crowd. And the crowd gives sort of a, um, a quiet applause. There's a ton of people. But it, it very much sounds like, like sort of almost golf clapping. Uh, and you, you get the feeling like this is maybe a little bit of an avant-garde uh, poetry slam, uh, like oh, with the snaps, yeah, like the snapping or whatever. Um, and uh, and the the three of the rest of them uh, go out on stage and then uh, take marks, and they all sort of stand with their arms crossed, uh, facing the audience. I do the same. Um, Gierkas and and Ulian, you're watching from the from the wings as this is all going on. Uh, and as the three of them stand stand with their arms crossed, all of a sudden, all the lights go out, and then one of the lights turns on on top of one of them, and he says pain and then the light turns off <laughs> and then the, the light turns on on the next one and he says albuquerque and then the light turns <laughs> off and the light turns on on the third one and he says watermelon and then the light turns off and the light turns on on you uh blazoner what do you say <laughs> slippy eel <laughs> <laughs> and the light turns off uh, and then as it turns back on on the first one, uh, he has pulled out um, a, like, small drum uh, that you're not really sure where he got it from. And he just plays... 
and then the lights turn off again. And then it tur- turns on, on the next one, uh, oh, no. and he has pulled off out like a little penny whistle, um, and he just plays like a... <laughs> and and it turns off again, and and the third one it, it turns on, and he has pulled out an entire saxophone. Oh my god! Uh, and he plays just one low note, just a ha, uh, and then it turns on on you again. I pull up my shirt and I play bongos on my big belly. <laughs> 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 um, there's a, there's a long quiet moment, uh, and then all of all the lights turn on on all of them. And you watch as each one of them sort of starts doing their own dance. Uh, the first one sort of <laughs> plugging his nose and doing like a snorkel dance. Uh, and, and each one of the other ones is sort of doing their own dance uh, along with it. Uh, I'm trying, I pull the hat over my face and I'm slithering on the ground like an eel. <laughs> um, the, the crowd, as best you can tell, is absolutely loving this performance. Uh, they're snapping like crazy. Um, there's no woos or anything, but they're, they're, they're like... They're snapping. You can, you can see nodding in the, in the <laughs> audience as they're, as they're really enjoying this. Um, uh, finally, the, the lights turn on uh, with all of them. And the three of them have uh, gotten on top of each other's shoulders. Um... <laughs> And the bottom one uh, says bottom. And then the next one up says uh, middle. And then the very top one says top. And then they all turn and look at you. And you can see for the first moment, they're finally surprised to see you are not actually the fourth member of the, <laughs> of the, of the crew. Um, and they're all, they all kind of are taken aback as they all look at you. Um, I start, turns I start you. flapping my wings and I... Uh, zoom in on the three of them and I say dragon (laughs) (laughs) Um, and they all sort of fall over and then tumble onto the ground and then stand up and hold their arms up Uh, and and the crowd goes wild with snapping and quiet quiet, mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, you even hear some uh, some uh, um, it's a statement about society today in the, in the audience. <laughs> I get uh, it. I get it. <laughs> as 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 the the three of them sort of all take their bow uh, in front of the audience and then start making their way off stage. It'd be hilarious if if um, Gerkes is really into it too. <laughs> yeah, Gerkes, I'm, I'm like, curious what oh you what God. you think of the whole performance. Uh, I get it now. I see. Oh, uh-huh. no. What does like this? This is, how, this is how he meant water in the first this, place. This is beat. Yeah. Is um, as, as the three of them come off stage, they all turn towards, towards you, Blazonar, and they're like, um, uh, you are Tommy. Uh, who are you? I, I am Billy. <laughs> Tommy's, Tommy's, Tommy's cousin. He's told me Tommy's to... Tommy's cousin? Oh, he said that he was not feeling great. I didn't yeah, know he had taught you the routine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I got <laughs> I, I and I jumped at the chance to be with with you guys, the brilliant guys. <laughs> that's, that's our name. It's the brilliant guys. Uh, wow, I'm so glad that you could join us. I would tell Tommy that that uh, we're sorry he couldn't be here to. Uh, um, well, you know, to to watch watch the performance and open for Janar Arizeth, there's there's no greater honor. Where, where is Janar Arizeth? I I want to meet her and 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 actually uh, congratulate her on her book. Um, the stage manager uh, shushes you, 
uh, as you're kind of like in the back wings, and she and says she's coming on now. Um, and Janar walks over from the other side, and Janar has has a wonderful grace to her. Uh, she's tall and uh, and uh, thin, and she's wearing a sort of um, large uh, a long gown. And she steps out onto stage with no book, uh, and she sort of eyes the audience, and there's a long, quiet moment, almost long enough to be uncomfortable. And finally, she's, she turns to the audience and she says, Mind gone. Undercurrents of terror. Choices removed. And as she says each word, she's kind of looking at different audience members, almost like she's picking people out. Um, and... You're you're getting a sense for for clearly the poetry is is dark um, and sad, uh, but the thing that really um, blows each of you away is that as she's looking at at each sort of section of the audience, um, you can see audience members bursting into tears uh, as she's as wow. she's sort of watching each person. Um, go ahead, Ulian, uh, and roll me an Arcana check. Uh, Fifteen. Um, so, uh, what what all of you would know about Gith is that Gith have like a mild psychic uh, ability. This is brought about by them having been a race that was enslaved and dominated for years by mind flayers. Oh, and the story behind the Gith is is basically that you know uh, mm. hundreds of years ago they basically bought got their freedom. From the mind players, mind players that used to enslave them, uh, and they, they earned it by fighting back, basically. But over the time, the many, many generations in which they were enslaved by mind flayers, they slowly developed psychic abilities uh, of their own, and now they are they are known for for being uh, mildly psychic, not not necessarily as powerful as like a mind flayer, but having some psionic abilities and some psychic abilities that they can utilize. Um, you think that what she's doing is she's using some type of empathic ability to cause audience members to feel what she wants them to feel uh, in this moment. Maybe what she's feeling uh, in this moment as she's like reading her poetry out. But it's a powerful experience. It's a powerful moment of watching her read off her poetry and, and literally elicit the, the feelings that she wants uh, for the individuals in the audience. And it doesn't look like she's hiding it. She's not, you know manipulating people as much as she's like inviting them to be a part of the the very powerful emotional experience that she's creating with the poetry that's that she has um, wow. but it is dead silent in the audience except for the the occasional weeping sobs of the people that are listening to her poetry um she goes through several different poems uh some of which are pretty long as she explains as she as she just only ever says these pointed words they kind of pull out the imagery and the and the poetry that she wants, and not all of them are sad. Some of them are happy, and some of them are are great. And everybody, everybody else in the wings are are watching her with with bated enthusiasm as they as they listen to every word, even though they're not actually being targeted with the emotional response that's going on for the audience. Um, all three of you kind of watch the the performance go on, and it's probably about forty minutes or so of of performance. Uh, before finally she sort of nods uh, and there's lots of, of uh, snapping and uh, even even a couple of mild cheers uh, kind of happening from the audience before she, she nods and she uh, bows just slightly and steps off stage back towards what looks to be some kind of green room or whatever that's, that's in the back. Wow. 
I have to say, uh, the Fiend Folio, when I was in the sixth grade with the Gith Zerai right there on the front, I just remember being so enthralled with this race from so long ago, and I don't think I've ever been in a campaign actually interacting with some, so this is, this is, pretty, this is pretty fun for me. Um, it's it's really one of my favorite like uh, uh, side races or or extra races or whatever yeah. of the of the D and D world. I think they're so interesting. Mm. That was magical, indeed. Literally, we need to go um, find a. You see that the stage manager um, uh, seems to be <clears throat> distracted. And she says, um, "The three of you two are the sound." people uh, uh that's great. There, there's Sound. a, a uh, after party um that is happening just outside uh if you want to follow me then i i think you could you could come back this way but it doesn't look like that's the direction that um Jannar went. Uh, we must go to the green room at the green flagon um she she looks kind of confused and she says uh with Jannar, i don't know if she oh, likes to yes, be bothered we after are her the sound team we need to get our equipment back and uh, yeah, to, mm. absolutely. Oh, uh, let me double check with her. Uh, you can double check. With... I don't know if you've ever interacted with her when she is not in a kind mood. Uh, let's just say that uh, the emotions uh, that get into your head can be quite devastating when that happens. Devastating. She's, she's standing in front of the green room and she's like holding up her hand to knock. As you've sort of followed her back there. Uh, and she says, what do you mean devastating? Devastating. 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 You saw the crying? Crying. That's child's play. Child's I have play. books that could show you how bad he it can get. so many books. Oh. Uh, do you think she's unhappy? The performance seems to go so well. We don't, uh, she would be if we don't do what she wants us to do right now. Do what she wants. Which is get oh. in there and get our equipment out of her way. She is very particular. Oh, she is I, I didn't. I, I, I don't. I didn't know it's there was any equipment fault. in there. I, 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 we, we, we won't mention this time what has happened here. You won't mention my name. No, not this time. I don't know your. Name. I don't want her to be unhappy with us. We, we wanted to, to go out of our way to, to make right. sure that she was comfortable. We tried in her rider. She had the the you request for the eggs. Best. We put them in there in the in the dressing room. These things uh, happen. I'm so sorry. Tell, tell, tell Janar that, that there was no intent, no, no ill intent to have equipment in her way or, or uh, discomfort uh, of any kind. Please, uh, I, 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 I assure you, this was, this was it's not... It's quite all right. Uh, is this all is not right. how we intended for this to go. Are those people trying to get in on the back? You oh, might want to no. go check. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. Uh, and she, she sort of rushes back. Uh, away from you. Like, no, 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 no. No one, no one sees Janar, uh, and she she runs off into into a, uh, the other direction, back to the other side of the stage, uh, leaving you at at, at uh, the green room door. Ulian, we are a good team. <laughs> yes, very good, very good. I liked this. And then I guess we just go in. <laughs> knock, knock. Uh, you knock on the door, and you hear, "Hello, come in." All right, we come in. <laughs> um, and you can see uh, Janar is, is sitting very comfortably uh, in a, uh, a nice couch uh, that is there. Uh, and she sees all, all three of you kind of come in. And she goes, 
Oh, hello. You are the uh, performer before me. It is wonderful to meet you. Wonderful to meet you as well. Uh, um, Your performance was quite inspiring. Yours was beyond inspiring. It really was magical. Magical. I'm so glad that you could come and and, uh, open for me. It means a lot for me to to have somebody there that is a part of the city as well. I close the door behind me and I say, Ulian, I think we might want to explain why we're here. Yes. uh, We're looking for a key. There is more to the story. You have a key. We're looking for a key. Time is of the essence. Oh. Uh, You are not the opening performers, are you? No. There's a quick backstory, and we'd be happy to give it to you. <laughs> um, do you explain everything? Yes. I'd like to uh, explain she... briefly what has been going on and what's going on right this second. <laughs> she listens intently, um, and then uh, when you sort of catch up to where you are, she says, Thwar was a good friend of mine. I am sorry to hear that he has passed. But he did entrust me with something very valuable. However, I cannot give it to you. Not without you first demonstrating that you are who you say you are. Um, okay. And she closes her eyes and she gestures to each of you and she says, You must tell me a regret that you have and I will read your aura. Very well. Uh... Kirkus, I believe I you were going to go first. I doing so many push-ups before climbing in that tiny vent. My arms are s- so large. Um, and she pauses a long moment. She says, you are guarded. Mm. And your aura is stiff. Yes. You must loosen, loosen I, up. I don't, I don't, I don't regret things. I have, I you regret much, and much with your parents. But he's good enough. <laughs> well, uh, uh, what's her name again? Uh, Jinar. After reading the book in Ulian's apartment, it reminds me of my my grand nephew Janver, who. I sent on a errand, knowing full well that there was dangers of the abolith at the bottom of the falls. I thought everything would be okay, but I knew there was a risk. And we never heard from Janver again. And I regret it to this day. It was 45 years ago and three months. I should have gone myself on that errand. I put a hand on Blaze. You are honest, and you regret much within your life as a whole. Um, But you are not so guarded. Your life is open, and many opportunities ahead of you. Thank you. As he goes past me for me to take my turn, I whisper to him, I say, I'm sorry I did not know. Thank you, Julian. Um... Well, I tend not to live life with regrets. Uh, I, I suppose if I was having to say something, I'd, 
Yeah, 20, 25 odd years ago, I, I felt what uh, humans uh, usually call love. And uh, I regret it. I regret that I felt that way. It was not only not meant to be, it should not have been. I should have kept to my studies and not bothered with such trivialities. I, yeah, that is my regret. I regret that I loved. She is gone, but your feeling is not. You still have opportunity. Maybe this is it. And she stands up and mm -hmm. she says, Thwar has trusted you with a great task. I hope you know what is ahead of you. Um, and she stands, and she has like a wardrobe, and she takes a box out of a out of the wardrobe, and it appears to be made of of stone. In fact, it looks like it's made of one solid block of stone. Um, and she sets it down with kind of more ease than you you would think uh, for her holding a stone block. Um, and she puts her hand on top of the block, and you see her close her eyes, and you can hear mechanisms uh, like locks unlocking inside of the box. Um, and all of a sudden, you you look as as seamless um, pillars kind of e eject out of the side of the of the box from each side, and then a lid that you would not have known was there um, pulls open, uh, and she reaches inside the box and she pulls out a key. Um, Blazonar, you recognize it as exactly the key that was given to you uh, so long ago in your warehouse um, that you have Whoa. come back seeking to give back to the mysterious stranger. Oh, my... By the gods! Uh, she says, This key uh, opens many doors and many places. I hope that you know what you hold in your hand. Um, and she hands it over to you, Blazoner. And I hold it and I, I say, I've been looking for this for a long time. You don't understand how much this means to me and my family. Um, and she says, uh, then I hope that it brings you the good luck and fame and uh, things you need for your life. Me too. Thank you so much. Um, she I'm, nods I'm and she... Too. I'm like... <laughs> Uh, and she says, goodbye, strange people. Good luck on your Thank journey. You. Thank you so much. You have given us more than you know. And with that, you now have the key and the map. And that is where we're going to end for today. Dun, 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> or should I say... Slippery, slippy, slippy, <laughs> Ew, <you're> slippy. <laughs> and we'll do our usual checkout. We'll do a spotlight that everybody has for someone, for for someone else uh, for oh, our game man. today. Uh, I'll do Birdo because of his normal uh, readiness for improv. <laughs> you just never. I just know I can throw to him and just know that something something's gonna come out of his face, and I just don't know what it's gonna be. <laughs> And, Might be uh, a slippery eel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm a big fan, Berto knows this, of improv, just improv and, and comedy and stuff. And, and I, like, nothing makes me more happy or joyous or, you know, to laugh harder than to see people on the edge of making a mistake or on the edge of their creativity <laughs> and just watching them make something <laughs> up as they're going. And, 
You know, and, and Berto, I could just knew that when he was starting to sing that song that he had no idea. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just like, where is this headed? And then he's like, la, 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 you know, and, uh, it's just uh, very enjoyable to watch. Uh, oh. Spotlights for both of y'all, actually. There was moments that happened where it just felt like synergistic. And uh, we're on video, even though listeners can't see this. But when uh, we were in the back of that that rickshaw uh kirk and i both held up our hands to indicate that both our characters had covered our faces in powdered sugar or cream puff filling uh so there's a nice synergy there and then um spotlight for berto when you um you made the offer speaking of improv that my character had brought the, brought the book and the map and like why would i do that um right when you you made that offer and that that showed me that you you trusted me to take that offer so i appreciate that that moment that we had there. So uh, thank you for trusting that, that me. That I would fine. say yes to that. So he's like, no, I'm not going to. That's stupid. I, I would have it with me. Uh, so that was um, a spotlight for the offer. That Thanks. That, that I knew I could trust you. <laughs> um, everything I learned about improv, I learned from you guys. So, um, All right. Uh, so I, I was, I mean, there was a lot of great stuff uh, today. And the, the rickshaw was hilarious, you know, all around. Um, I also loved uh, the um, just the little Gurkha's interactions with and like how you took that ball. But I was gonna I was gonna call out something uh, that Blaze did, Kirk did, and it's kind of a general comment, but it's just because you know in the last campaign, as we've said before, my character was the oh there's a problem oh someone made a noise okay I'm gonna go punch it or I'm gonna go run into this thing and that was the thing and it was kind of easy to play. And in this campaign, I'm like trying to play like, well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not that physically like imposing, and I have my magic, but I gotta like think this through. So, I'm not gonna be the first one into a room kind of thing. Um, but I love because like Blaze, like you had that moment where you're like, you just pointed to us and you're like, shh, and you just like sneak into the thing, just like decisive. Mm-hmm. And then it, it it plays really well with the characters because I could just see, you know, Gurkha's would maybe burst in but he's kind of like looking around he's still looking at these boots for whatever reason <laughs> and then I'm sitting there going like hmm what could we do what could we do and you're like shh and you just sneak in <laughs> I just loved it <laughs> it was decisive it was everything I could do not to be sort of like uh, you know, Grolo in that moment and go fire breath right. everybody <laughs> <laughs> right uh, I want to spotlight uh, John's as well because thinking back to you know now I'm realizing that I kind of screwed up your at least what you thought we were going to do because thinking back it was like you thought all three of us would make our way in and then <laughs> and then the the thugs were coming and then we were going to escape all three of us but you improvise in the moment to be like okay crap so Gierkes has the <laughs> the thing and and he has to get to them so I'll give them another great, and they'll they'll work their way through, the, and then they'll get out. And it all and it all seems seamless in the moment because yep. in the moment it was like, oh, so you know, Thwar left behind this, uh, you know, this screwdriver. This is basically just one big Bill and Ted's, by the way. <laughs> I just want to say, but uh, I was like, oh, so he predicted in this moment that we would need it. But looking back, it's like. No, that was a that was an add on to the whole thing. I, I, I got like, that second was mostly seamless because I, I got a second that dude. Like seriously, towards the end, I was like, wait a minute, how did we end up 
at the thing that apparently is the thing that's supposed to happen because like I felt that we the three of us were going off script and we're like <laughs> oh man I was thinking I don't know how Adam's gonna like pull this in because like, we're like jumping on a dinosaur and this guy's doing like what the heck but it was so great because like at the end I'm like oh Oh, this is the this is what's supposed to be happening. And these are the stories he he told us he was going to ask us about the thing. Like, this is on purpose. <laughs> it was really good. I'm I'm glad I'm glad it comes out that way. This this has been um, I think I said way back when we first started season two uh, that I was going to do an ambitious uh, thing <laughs> with season two, um, and you're you're starting to get a. a a taste for the for the, for the way yes. that the way that this has been laid out, and um, it is tough to plan for, and I, I would not recommend this for any any new game masters. Um, this is not not the easiest not the easiest well, storyline. You're not to, just drawing a dungeon game. and drawing little X's where the you know you're gonna find a monster here and then you're gonna find a little treasure here. This is like we're in a city. It's like an open world game, kind of, because we could have been like, "Man, we're hungry." No, screw the rickshaw. Why are we gonna go <laughs> find this this gal? Like, let's go have dinner over here. Remember that place the other day? <laughs> it, it's like an open world game where wherever you go, you're still on the main storyline. Yeah, um, there, there was that moment where Adam was like, "You guys want to look at the map? Yeah. It's <laughs> gonna hang out here. What other books do you have? Uli? We can continue to talk about the books in Ulian's room. What's but... in this stack? <laughs> well, what, it would happen that way too, because if you think about it, Ulian would be mixed between. Well, I, I love talking about books, so I guess I could talk about books all day. But at the same time, like I'm paranoid about what's going to happen. Meanwhile, Girkas is just like distracted with the children dying books. And then and then Blaze has found his like secret we didn't know he was into these like mythical creature things. <laughs> yeah, and, and and this is uh you know, another magical thing about I'll just say the four of us is that Johns will set up a situation, it'll be like, Okay, what's your apartment like? And then Berto's like, Okay, well this is what it's like. There's a lot of books. And John's just thinking, Well, I'll see what these Yahoo's do when they walk in here. Maybe it's nothing, but maybe it's something. And then the me, me and Gierkes, like, you know, take advantage. We're like, well, what would we do? Let's let's make this a little interesting. You know, here's what I do. And then there's a little scene there that I remember from the first campaign. There were all these little scenes that would happen like that where it's like no one knows what's going to happen. It doesn't really apply to the plot at all. It's just another little opportunity to explore the characters and no one takes it in a overly goofy way. I've played with a lot of other people with Dungeons and Dragons and s- sometimes people take it s- they they're so kind of insecure about making it a little serious that any chance they get they'll just make it so ridiculous that I don't it doesn't really feel like you're playing Dungeons and Dragons anymore. It just feels like you're just like making dumb jokes and so it, so you know we're we're riding that line of like yeah it's silly and we're making some jokes but we're also kind of creating a story and trying to create a scene that we can all play in and um, so it that's that's the four of us actually doing something that's really quite unique I've played with a lot of people Dungeons and Dragons and there's usually something wrong with at least one person that I'm playing with that really drags it down that this group does not have. Nice. I, I do think it, it really requires uh, a lot of trust from from the players, and I know I know that I can toss all of you into a into a role play scene, 
and say like you're feeding ducks on a lake go <laughs> and, and like you'll 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 play with that and and make a scene out of that um and i can give you the kind of space to to role play with it while still um keep keeping it you won't you won't go like i blow up the lake or anything like that um i can i can have some trust in you as players of the of the game that you'll you'll be your characters for that moment yeah, and people listening, if you play Dungeons and Dragons or you want to play, uh, I recommend keeping all this kind of in mind of like improv, uh, lean in, uh, you know, be silly, but don't be overly silly. Don't be like completely off the rails silly. Don't overtake the scene. Let other people in. Uh, yes, and the whole thing. And don't be afraid, you know, just it, if things go terribly wrong and you say something stupid, it's, you know, it's Dungeons and Dragons that, that happens. Um, because when you do that, uh, as I think we do, like very interesting, th- th- memorable, important things happen mm-hmm. rather than it just being either a silly fest or mm-hmm. just rolling dice. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the... Uh, those moments are they are the connected moments that make up a good D&D game the the moments where where it was goofy or where you were where we were just uh, goofing around as our as our characters or someone made a, a fun suggestion for what we should do next um or or just role playing out some some little minor thing uh those turn out to be often the most memorable um and as players of the game, the most important parts to us, uh, more so necessarily than like the big overarching plot or, or the particular enemy you defeated or anything like that. Yeah, I like us bringing in Morid into this campaign too. That was, <laughs> yeah. now that was a, an awesome moment. There's a connection now. <laughs> You're now officially famous, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Morden is a is officially whole. Holding it in. They've, they've crossed kingdom. I also love the, the meta meta of, like, Kirk having to improv on an improv stage. Yeah. Improving. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, let me ask you, John, is, have you used that scene before to help players play around with, uh, with improv? Because it seemed like a scene no. that you, you could definitely replicate in others. In any scene, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I never have. And now that you say that, I, I think this is a great tool. Here you Be- go, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> this, I've had open mic nights in games before, in D&D games, in Game to Grow games. I've had open mic nights where you have to fit into the open mic night in order to meet the person who's hosting the open mic night. Definitely. Nice. And it's, it's just like, depending on the, the player who's there, I'll do like, it's a rhyming couplet, and you just have to like take the you know finish the line or something like that it's it's sort of a challenge by choice improv game right there yeah i mean because the way that you set it up i couldn't do anything wrong and <laughs> and by the by the third or fourth iteration i was like okay well what what would i think entertain the crowd a little bit here you know and and right. and it was it, i felt completely safe to just do whatever i wanted to in the moment and as a person who actually struggles with on-stage improv, like, Birdo's really good at it. He, he goes on stage, he just improv. I'm so terrified, I just freeze up and I say stupid things. And so he provided me with a corrective experience in that moment. 
that's great. I'm I'm super glad that it that it was able to be that for you. Um, yeah, I just wanted it to be a fun a fun time for you to to um, be there and and improvise and be your character on a stage um, in front of people. So right. I'm, I'm super glad that it worked out so well. And you did great. Yes, <laughs> uh, great responses to go along with. Ever got into this D and D stuff? We we taught improv classes together. That was. Uh... Almost a decade ago, Adam and I were teaching improv. Well, our first improv. interaction, my first interaction with you guys was about improv. It was when we did that. Drama therapy. That imp- drama therapy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That That's was so a fun true. episode. Yeah, so if you're interested and you're listening, you can go to our YouTube channel <laughs> and watch the drama therapy episode. It, uh, we recorded it, I don't know, eight years ago or something. My hair was actually dark. <laughs> <laughs> we recorded it at a classroom, like... At, a, at, at Antioch, yeah. At Antioch. And it was, uh, it still gets a lot of views because there's not a lot of drama therapy videos on YouTube. And uh, yeah. Adam Davis was just texted by a friend, right? Yeah, my, my friend Barrett, who teaches at uh, Penn State, I think. He was watching it's it about, as the, a, about that video? Yeah, he said he showed it in his class. Oh, uh, that's great. That's <laughs> now, but yeah. Um, so that's pretty fun. It, that's I, I was actually at a drama therapy conference years ago when uh, someone said, "I think I, I feel like I've met you before. Or have we met before?" And then it turned <laughs> out that they had just watched that video and seen me. Like, oh no way! Or whatever on that drama therapy episode. So they. Oh, that's that. great. Yeah. That's spectacular. Um, my favorite rule from improv that I would love to pass on to to our listening audience: uh, yes, and is a great rule, but the my favorite rule that we used to teach was make your partner look like a rock star, mm. um, which is rather than you trying to take up the spotlight or you trying to take up the, the space or make the funny joke, set up someone else in the group to make the funny joke or to have the funny comment or the, or the really cool thing that they get to do. Um, and that is also my, my favorite advice for players and in D&D, um, that you will make for a better experience overall for everyone. If if you're working to make your the other people at, at the table have the epic moment or or say the great thing, mm. um, and especially if you can do it in character, uh, then all of a sudden the the whole table benefits and you look great doing it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you you get to you get to be the the one who put your hands down and flung them into the air so they could they could go and attack the big monster or. Um, like that, that role is so, so important and will make for a better experience for everybody at the table. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It reminds me of playing sports. That was a, uh, a big value as well is to be the assist and to set up someone else for the score was extremely honorable, especially when you have the shot yourself, but you know, it would be better if the other person took the shot. It it is seen as like you're so good that you don't need to take the shot every time, you know, mm-hmm. and that everyone wins when you assist other people, you know, um, like the most respectable. Yeah, I heard a stat that Wayne Gretzky, if you took away all his goals, he still had record level goals because of all of his assists. Oh wow! And. You know, really good players know how to play as a team and mm-hmm. not necessarily as a star. Yeah, I totally agree. That's good, 
good Dungeons and Dragonsing also. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting. Life. Yeah, it's good in life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're you're on a date and you're like, you you know you're you want to move in to kiss the girl, and then you throw the assist to your friend and you're like, kiss the girl, kiss yeah, the girl, yeah. and she's like, you wait, what? Ahead. Yeah, I was on a date with you. What? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I'm I'm throwing the assist, man. Yeah. <laughs> do the do the alley oops. <laughs> That's a good key and peel speech or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining us out there. Tune in next time when we continue with the second campaign of demonstrating Dungeons and Dragons therapy. Go to gametogrow.org and go to all the slashes, the support, <laughs> the critical cores. And from Ulian and Gierkus and Blazonar, we say take care of yourself because you deserve it. Mm-hmm.